So Jesus was gaining popularity, uh, as it said in the video, that he was gaining popularity around his, uh, his hometown and around the countryside. People were seeing how he was teaching with authority, that he was teaching with power, that he wasn't just a normal everyday person, but he was something special. And they may have heard how he had healed people. They may have heard how he had uh, casted out demons. They may have heard some stories about Jesus. And so in order to kind of figure out who he was, they were, they were following him. And what is beautiful about Jesus is in the middle of times that we are rejected, the middle of times that we are not accepted, is Jesus doesn't give us requirements to come to him. Jesus accepts us exactly where we are at. And so for this story is you have people that were coming to follow Jesus and to listen to his words and to hear from him. And Jesus didn't turn them away. Rather, he sat for a second maybe and, and prayed for these people and allowed them to listen to him. He didn't say, first, you need to come be part of our temple and then you can listen to what I'm doing or first come do all these requirements of the law to be fulfilled, then you can come listen to me. No, he accepted everyone, including us, where we are at. So today, we might have some rejection on our heart, or we might have some things that we are holding on to so tightly that are not from the Lord, but he is accepting us to come bring those things before him today that we can bring everything we have and come sit at his feet and learn from him and to be accepted by him, to feel that unconditional love that he has for his people, that he knows each and every one of us by name, and that he's not telling us to wait before we can come to him. And so when we are rejected by other people or when we're rejected by this world is that invitation is always there to come before Jesus with anything that you have. And so what was also amazing about this story with Jesus is, uh, is as he is reading this passage from Isaiah is, is he was connecting it back to a Jewish festival called the Year of Jubilee. And now historically for the Israelites, this was a year where all the debts were wiped clean. That if you had a debt that you owed every 50 years, that debt would be wiped clean. If you had any sort of law that you had to fulfill and you had to go through to, to resolve the issue that you had, is you were set free from that. If you were in jail or you were captive or you were in slavery... You are set free every 50 years. And so in the passage of Isaiah, that is what uh, Jesus is reading from, saying that the captives will be set free. Those debts will be released. The sick will be healed. And so on and so forth down the line. And so here Jesus is telling this now to the Israelites, saying that the year of Jubilee is actually here. Oh, and by the way, that's because of me. And he intentionally leaves out the part of the scripture that, that the, the people would have known. And that was the part of death and destruction that was going to come to the Israelites in Isaiah. 
And Jesus intentionally cuts off the reading at the part of grace and goes and sits down. Because he, at that point, was sending a message to everyone that there's no more condemnation found if you come to me. That there can be jubilee and acceptance if you come to me. And so the people that were seeking acceptance and popularity, maybe from following Jesus, now had the message that there's nothing keeping you from doing that. But some people, like many, many of us today maybe, and, and people what we know, sometimes people just like to hold on to that nice part of Jesus, right? The I accept you unconditionally part. But as we heard in the story, the Israelites and the people around they started getting a little frustrated with Jesus when he said, oh, by the way, I'm the one that's going to set you free. And they, were, they wanted to, instead of just hearing the message of, I'm going to set you free, oh, now Jesus, I'm the person that's doing it. That's the message that they had a problem with, that Jesus was the one that was going to do it. And so as we talk about acceptance and we talk about rejection, is that people wanted to accept the part of Jesus that they liked, but then they rejected the other part, and that was that Jesus was actually God. That Jesus was actually the one that was in control. And I think we do a little bit of the same today. That, that we like to hear the nice part of Jesus, the love and acceptance, which is absolutely beautiful. But the message of Jesus is, goes beyond just that. Because Jesus doesn't want to leave us where we're at. That we can bring all of our stuff to the Lord. We can bring all the things that we have before the Lord. And he'll take those away. But he doesn't want us to turn back to those things. He doesn't want us to turn back to the holding on to those things. So for me, uh, one of the times that I was rejected the, probably the hardest and the most was when I was in eighth grade. And, uh, and I was in school. And that was right after I had uh, eye injury. And so I start school, and there was a group of kids that would just call my name, and they wanted me to look at them. And when, and when, and when, I, when they called my name and I looked at them, that they would start laughing. And they did this all the time, and I couldn't understand, like, why are they, I'm, just, I'm looking at them, why are they laughing? And it took me a little bit to realize that they were laughing at me because I was different, because my eyes were different than theirs. And that was an interesting part of my life because that was really one of the first times that I felt really rejected because of the way I was. I felt really rejected because I wasn't like them and they wanted to make fun of that. And so as we are figuring out what it looks like to step into the love and acceptance of Jesus is we don't have to fix our life. We don't have to try to put it back together. We don't have to try to mend things ourselves. And that's the message that Jesus was telling the people was, it's no longer on you and what you do, but it's on me. And that made them extremely uncomfortable. And so as humans, it's natural for us to reject God. It's natural for us to not want God to be part of our life. 
it's natural as humans to reject any kind of interaction from our God. That's just part of who we are. And it goes all the way back to, to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And God said, don't do, you can eat of anything. I give you the freedom to eat of anything, but don't eat of this one fruit. And Adam and Eve decided to take things into their own hands and declared their independence and said, I'm going to just do it anyways. We don't like to listen to the Lord. And as humans, as we utterly reject doing it. Because we are sinful human beings. We are human beings, not God beings. We don't get to make our own rules. We don't get to make our own future. We don't get to create things on our own. And so when we hear this message, it makes us uncomfortable. Because God is in control of it all, but we don't like to acknowledge that. So as the people uh, in, the, in the story are listening to Jesus say that I'm going to be the one that does this, because they didn't want to have anything to do with it. And matter of fact, it says in Romans that, uh, and I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyways. But if I do what I don't want to do, and I'm not really the one doing wrong, it is the sin that lives in me that does it. And so our flesh our entire being is sinful, and we reject God just like the people in the story did. We reject Jesus and his message that he's here to not only let us come to him, but also to free us from our sin, free us from our captivity, free us from things that are holding us back. We just want to hear that he is here to accept us. But the message of Jesus is so much greater than that. That we are unclean, that we by ourselves reject everything that God does. That we in our own sinful nature cannot understand what God is doing. And so we reject it. And Jesus in his entire life here on earth was, felt, was rejected by those that he was calling to come follow. He was rejected by those that he was sent to. He was rejected by those that had popularity. He was rejected by those that didn't want to hear the message. But yet he continued down the path that was set out for him each and every day. That he continued down the path even if it meant his death on the cross. Which he was here to save everybody, but everybody rejected him. That he was here to save those that were in sin and bondage, but they rejected the message that he was bringing and said, I'm actually going to kill you for it. I'm going to put you to death because we can't listen to that message. And so we as human beings, our flesh just rejects it and rejects it and rejects it. But also the beautiful thing about our God, the beautiful thing about who he is, is he wants us to come to him 
even in the midst of us rejecting him. That we alone reject God. We alone reject Jesus. But he alone accepts us. That we can come to him with anything and everything. And that even though we repetitively deny him, repetitively reject him, as we repetitively do wrong against him, the message doesn't stop there. That it's he allows us to continue coming to him. And he knows us by, his, by name. He knows us intimately. He knows us through our baptism that there's nothing that can separate us from his love. Nothing, not death, not life, nothing in between will separate us from his love that he has for us. And so we may feel rejection on a daily basis. We may feel as if we're rejected because of our faith, rejected because of our skin color, rejected because of how we look, rejected for the jobs that we have, the professions, rejected for many things. But God says, you can come to me anyways. I felt those same things. I've been rejected too. Not just by those that I was sent to, but by everyone. But he still allows us to come before him and receive grace. Allows us to come before him and receive forgiveness. And that we in our own power can't even begin to understand how to accept it. We in our own understanding don't know what grace looks like from God. But we can begin with the Holy Spirit to start seeing little bits and pieces of him repairing us. Little bits and pieces of him making things correct. Little bits and pieces of him healing us and forgiving us. And we get to do that through the Holy Spirit. And so as he says, as Paul says in Romans, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. So what we deserve as humans is to be fully and utterly rejected as sinners before God. That's what we deserve. But because of Christ and his death and resurrection, we are accepted before the Lord. We're accepted before God. That our life does not end in condemnation, but ends in acceptance. It does not end in death, but it ends in love and forgiveness. So as we um, are looking at our lives this week, as we depart this week, remember that the Lord wants us to come to him with everything. He wants us to bring what we have before him. But his message doesn't stop there. He wants us to be accepted by him for eternity and to believe in him and trust in him as our God 
that we aren't our gods. We aren't in control. But we are loved by him and accepted by him. And so I will say today that today is a year or a day of jubilee for us. A day that we get to celebrate and get excited about the gifts and the freedom that the Lord is giving us. That our debt is paid. Our sins are forgiven. We are set free. And that we get to live in that relationship with the Lord. And so as it said in Romans that, that while we were still sinners, Jesus came to forgive us. That while we were still rejecting Jesus, he still died for us anyways. While we were pushing Jesus to a cliff because we wanted to get rid of him and kill him, Jesus still died for us. Because that's who he is as our God. That's who he is as our Savior. That he loves and cares for us enough that he would put himself in that position. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks that you accept us, that your son's death and resurrection was a sacrifice that you accepted, that we had nothing to offer yet, yet Jesus offered it all and it was good enough. And so as we experience rejection in our lives, let us be able to know that those are only earthly and worldly things, but we have the invitation to come to you and be accepted by you because of your death and resurrection, Jesus. So as we leave today, remind us of who you are as our God, that you're all-powerful, that you're all-knowing, that you're all-caring, and who we are as your children, that we can't understand who you are except through the Holy Spirit. But let us begin to know you today. And thank you for accepting us into your kingdom. That we are not left here by ourselves, but you're accepting us and welcoming us into your kingdom through our baptism. That you have claimed us as your children and that you have called us by name. That you have picked us, that you have chosen us by name. We give thanks for that today. In your name we pray. Amen.